Welcome to Histo Talks. In this episode, we break down the concept of mentorship by speaking with NSH members Ashley Carter and Colleen Wisniewski. Each share their experience with mentorship and explain how they've personally been involved and by doing so, better define how the mentor-mentee relationship can work. My name is Ashley Carter. I currently live and work in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I've been in histology since 2011, so I think I'm coming up on my 11th year. I, when I first started working in histology, I started working in like a hospital, like a very big hospital, large setting. And now I work in the pharma slash biotech here since I've now changed jobs. So now I work at therapeutics. So that's what I've been doing. Still in histology, still doing some of the same things, a little bit different since now I'm in research, but ultimately it's kind of the same stuff. <laughs> Colleen, you have, you, do you have some clinical background also? I do. I, I know I tell people I've had a squiggly career. I have been a histotech for uh, several decades. I got certified in 1980 before you all were born. I lived in Michigan and worked in Michigan my entire career. I started as a bench tech, worked my way up through supervisor. Uh, and then I was a AP manager for, I think, at the time, they only had three hospitals and a reference lab. Uh, now I'm in a large reference lab and uh, working in QA. In between, I took a break and was a full-time teacher in public school systems. So uh, that's why I, I kind of think my career is best described as squiggly. Um, all right, so I want to actually, I'm going to ask this question to both of you. Um, I'm going to have Ashley, I'm going to have you answer first. And this is because okay. the topic that we're talking about today, mentor-mentee relationships and, and the value of them, if I'm being 100% honest, I have always found this topic of mentorship very nebulous. And I've never really been able to define what I think a mentor or mentorship is about. Um, so how would you, you know, encapsulate that Ashley how would you define that uh, I mean I guess for like from a mentor to a mentee it's just you know someone who's um I always think as a mentor someone who's like maybe a little bit more knowledgeable or wiser who has information in part on someone who isn't as wise and you know hopefully it would be like an exchange between the two typically like at least what ones I've had mentors it's always We've always had like a personal relationship at least. So we always built from that, from that to go forward. But, you know, essentially it just should be, you know, people coming together for, you know, the betterment of each other. Hmm. What about you, Colleen? Uh, okay. I absolutely agree, Ashley. It's for the betterment of <laughs> both parties. I have always uh, worked my mental relationships. I've always made it a partnership. We all have goals that we want out of it. As a mentor, you want to share your experiences and knowledge to help this person reach their goals. And the mentee, part of the partnership is they, they've got to know what their goal is. What is the direction they want in their career? And they're going to have to also do the work to help get there. So I, I always look at it as a, a, part, a, a an official partnership. So it's interesting you both were talking about it being for both parties, get something out of it. From a mentor perspective, Colleen, what is it that when you are working with someone that you get out of 
being a mentor? What is it that drives you to, to invest that time? Because you are investing time when you are, and you also take a little bit of a risk sometimes when you take somebody under your wing or you're willing to work with an individual because you vouch for them in professional settings. And um, so what is it that you find that you get out of the experience? For, for me as a mentor, for me, it's all about the, the, I think it's that chance that somebody's giving me to make an indelible um, impact on their career or their life. Um, I think I have had mentoring relationships where the person really, the mentee did not really take the time to set goals. I, it just became, I was a sounding board, uh, an ear, which is fine. We all need that. But um, I think what I, it's that sharing of experiences, you know, and, and that maybe from my teaching background, that, that moment when somebody gets it or, or when they reach the objective, you know, that they had in mind that they wanted to reach. So I don't know, maybe just helping somebody create that new path. I want to circle back um, in a couple of minutes to something you just said about the value of that relationship and be, what it means you know, when you're making an impact versus just being a sounding board. But before that, um, Ashley, you had actually said before that, you know, for you, it sounds like in your previous answer, the the way you define a mentor-mentee relationship is really, it begins with a personal relationship. Um, would you say that that is the most important part for you in making a connection with somebody, whether as a mentee or a mentor? And why do you think that that personal relationship is so important? Um, I guess if I having a personal relationship, the person's more invested. I never really thought mentor like mentee relationship should be like super formal where you go and ask someone, can you please be my mentor for me? It's always been an experience that developed and it always started with like a personal relationship and then someone kind of like an interview and be like, okay, like, you know, let me show you something, let me show you this. And then like, oh, okay, you go from that. And I feel like also having that personal relationship as a mentee, it makes it easier to like give back versus like, you know, like as what Colin was saying, just being like, oh, I'm just going to take, 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 or just be, use you as a standing board and then move on to the next. So with having those relationships, I, I always feel like it's easier to develop it. And it's always something you can contact. Like even I have mentors now that I'm still in contact with just because we already have had that personal relationship. And for them, it's not a big deal if I call and ask them something. That's not a role that they're of like not fulfilling whereas if it was just you know something where we didn't have a personal relationship and I just left then I wouldn't have anyone to kind of lean on and help yeah that's cool that's very cool that you're able to maintain that it's so cool so Colleen so that okay so that is a part of the mentorship concept that I've always struggled with when I'm trying to define it myself is do you go up to someone and do you say hi I would like you to be my mentor but it sounds like for you, Ashley, it's a much more natural progression, sort of an organic process. What about for you, Colin? Mm -hmm. Is it organic for you or do you take a more structured approach to it? Because there are places that have these very structured programs and maybe that's where I struggle a little bit because I don't really know which one is the right or maybe neither one is, I don't know. I actually have done this both ways. I think it depends. I'm comfortable myself as, if I, as a mentor working both ways. When I have been, when I've reached out for a mentor, you know, and half the time I don't even reach out for a mentor, somebody might say something or ask me and, you know, that relationship develops and I learn from them. But um, I think it depends on who the two people are, on what's the best way they're going to communicate. 
Um, you know, is it just a, is it a brain to pick, you know, for ideas, or is it an ear to listen? Those all fall, I think, under mentoring business partnership. Obviously, there is a place in professional relationships for someone to have, you know, for have a to have a conversation with someone when you don't really know if you're approaching a problem or a situation correctly. Um, but for you, Colleen, you said that it should be, both of you said it should be more than that. There should be um, not just where you bounce an idea off someone. What else is something that is, what, you know, something that you, that you seek when you are looking for someone to help guide you or in the past someone's guided you? What was something really valuable outside of just being an idea about someone to bounce an idea off of? Uh, I would say the most valuable thing is probably pushing you towards your goals. Like I think one of the ones I remember before is that I was getting ready to take my certification and I was talking to someone a mentor that I was telling her, I was like, oh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna do my HT. And she's like, why? You could definitely do your HTL instead. She's like, you could definitely get a higher one. And without her like saying that and kind of like pushing me toward that, I probably would have just took the HTL, HT instead of the HTL because it was just the HT was supposed to be a little bit more easy for me, more manageable. And no one has really, at least in that lab, had passed their HTL yet. So in that, I think it's very valuable. And, you know, I guess to flip it, well, one of these valuable heart is that if she needed help in a certain area, like if she was just falling behind, like I just wanted to do this really quick, I could be there to help her because we already have passed that established. That's a nice example of that sort of symbiotic relationship that you were both describing earlier. Well, when I... uh officially went looking for a mentor. You know, sometimes you just come across somebody and you don't even realize they're becoming your mentor. But when I officially look for somebody to be a mentor role for me, I want to know, I want to do, you know, my first, my gut is, do I feel comfortable enough to share with this person? Um, I want to know what has inspired them or who was a mentor for them. Those might be some questions I would ask, you know, before we decide that, yes, we'll have this mentoring relationship. Um, do I feel like they're going to listen? I think if you're if you're developing a partnership between being mentor and a mentee, I think you have to be comfortable to ask questions, listen to the answers, listen to the other person's experiences, um, and just hear, learn to hear your own voice as well as the voice of others. That's a really great point, and I think. You know, when you listen, you go to communications classes or you read papers about better communication, it's about listening as well, not just expressing yourself, but being able to, to listen. And I think it's one thing to say what, you know, to be the person doing the talking and doing, you know, being looking for that soundboard, but then to be somebody. And I think this also circles really nicely to Ashley, to what you, the example you gave when somebody says something to you when a mentor says something to you, are you going to listen? Right? Yeah. The HT had a, has fewer questions on the exam. It does. It doesn't include the mm -hmm. IAP section. So yeah, it certainly could have been an easier test for you to take in theory, but to have that person say it to you and then to listen to what she shared with you and listen to her advice. Um, I think that's a really, uh, a really salient point, Colleen. I feel like I'm trying to teach that to my 10 year old every day. He never listened. Um, by being honest, we're still working on that one. All right, so I want to ask both of you this question. Um, what is, and you can't use the HTL, you have to come up with a new one, Ashley. What is the best okay. piece of professional advice 
I want to know what is the best piece of professional advice you've ever given or you've received or both. So why don't we start with you, Colleen? What is the best piece of professional okay. advice given, received, or both if you're willing to share both? Oh, uh, let's see. I think I have had, I have been so fortunate. I've had some amazing people pop in and out of my life. Seems like just put there right when I needed them. Or I have also gone out searching if I'm not finding what I need. But I think, I think the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, do not be afraid to lose sight of the shore. Um, you know, if I'm, you're not going to get out there and discover a new piece of land without losing sight of what was behind you. So you have to be, don't be afraid to leave what you know to learn something new. That's what that means to me. Um, and I think another piece of advice is that when you get a no, that really means not yet. So ask, why did I get a no? Those are the first things that came to my mind. Ashley, you seem to be in total agreement with both things that Colleen said. Mm -hmm. um, so um, you were like, yeah, yep, don't, it just means not right now. Um, yeah. So what is, what's your best piece, piece of advice given, received, or both? Uh, given, it's probably just to know when you were wrong in a situation and just apologizing first. Um, I think with, when it comes to just working with like, you know, your coworkers, your supervisors, a long way with certain people, if you can just admit, you know what, I was wrong for that and to do it quickly, instead of just, you know, even if you feel like you were quote unquote, in what you did, it's still a workplace and you still have to maintain some type of decorum. So just when to admit to that goes a long way, especially with developing relationships, because you never want to burn a bridge. I've seen what happens when people have burned a bridge and it's like, well, now you're limited to where you can work, what positions you can now gain because, you know, you've already left a bad taste in someone's mouth versus someone else who didn't do that. Now they're open to a whole bunch of normal opportunities. I'm, I'm writing down this note. I mean, I know we're recording it, but um, I think that both of those are really strong pieces of advice, you know, not being afraid to lose sight of that shore and, and being to, willing to try something new. But also, especially in, I think we're seeing a lot of, um, advice and professional um, workshops lately on the stress in the workplace, especially in the lab and, and being able to recognize that maybe this situation came about because it was stressful. Let me just get out ahead of it. Let me be the person that says, okay, we're going to stop. You know, I'm sorry. Let's fix the problem. I think is really valuable. And also, like you said, you know, you don't want to burn those bridges because you don't know where, you don't know which one of those bridges you're going to want to cross later on. So um, mm -hmm. really nice water themes going on here. Um, <laughs> all right. So I want to ask you, have you ever been in a situation where, you know, as a mentor or somebody that is, you know, more senior in the career, in their careers, somebody you've had to kind of separate yourself from someone who may not have been a good fit for you, or even when you were looking for a mentor, have you ever had to sort of separate a relation, a mentor mentee relationship? Oh, that can be a tender question. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have had, I have had to end a relationship. I gave this relationship almost three years of effort, which is way more than I should have. I knew it then, and I look back at it, and I reflect on that. Because even though I had to end it, I learned so much. But uh, this person, you know, we had these 
She knew what she wanted, but she was never working for you. Always excuses. Mm-hmm. And I tried to be very empathetic and listen and offer some other solutions. And uh, I finally told her that I felt I needed to help her find another mentor because it, we were just stalled for too long. And I, it got to the point where I didn't feel any value of me continuing trying to pull her when she wasn't willing to step out herself. Challenge. What about you, Ashley? Have you ever been in a scenario where you've had to end a sever a relationship? Um, I, not necessarily sever a relationship because I, I couldn't. They were still a supervisor, so still had to work <laughs> with them. But after a while, just realized I was like, oh, like we're gonna go so far. In the beginning, it was great. It was like you know teaching everything in the lab, and it was like oh great, and like getting to do new things. And then once it kind of it was like, oh, I've done all these things. And it's like, oh, I'm really interested in doing more. It was like, well, no, we can't, we can't do that for this, that, and reason. And it went on for a couple of years until I just realized, I was like, okay, you know what? They are just the supervisor. They do have a job to do. Um, maybe I overthought this relationship and just kind of kept it to the supervisor co-employee type relationship and just realized, all right, we only can go so far together I'll just go to other people to seek out what I need but I just realized that when I hit a wall it was just I guess we can't do anything more after this why is this topic so important to you you both elected to talk about this um it was important to me because when I first got into like my first you know what I would call like my big girl job I was working in a field that I actually went to school where and when I had started, it was, you know, I got there and there was like, you know, one person who just was like, not there half the time. And the other person was just like, I can't be bothered to do this right now. And like another person from like, she wasn't even on the same floor as me, still within the same department. But I think like in most histology lab, it's like there's histology lab and the immunohistochemistry lab. So her lab was on a separate floor. She was just had hearing things and she had came and talked to me one day and I told her what happened and she was just like, well, then we'll just kind of let you hang. And she's like, so I'll teach you what I know to get you the best. And I'm very grateful for that experience because I don't know where I would have been without her. I might've been working in a lab and feeling frustrated and being ready to quit because it's just Mm -hmm. like, well, this wasn't for me, but someone was just like, I see your potential. I think you can learn this and then taught me. And then from there, I was able to do much, much more. One day, some people are going to retire and someone's got to take their place. You would hate to have something fall apart because they just didn't have enough people trained and didn't have enough people who are knowledgeable. So that's why I think it's important, but also it's a way to give back and live, leave a legacy from a mentor's expect um, view so that they can actually do more in the lab than just, you know, make slides and make blocks. I feel like you hit on so many important things. Um, I, first of all, it totally makes sense why your approach to the mentor-mentee relationship is more organic because that was what your experience was. And, and I think that that's a really, I, I really like that you can view it that way because it makes it more attainable. I think for someone who's less likely to say, oh, I'm going to sign up to be a mentor, you can be a mentor simply by imparting your knowledge and taking in the time to invest in someone so that they learn how to do something really well. Um, I also think, you know, we're all talking about workforce shortages all the time mm-hmm. and exactly what you yeah. said, you could have left, you would have been like, I'm done, what am I doing here? But because this person took that time 
that value goes beyond just the relationship you two had. It actually helps strengthen the professions. All right, Colleen, so why is this so important to you? Such a loaded, simple but loaded question. I think it's important to me uh, because I have so many experiences that I'm willing to share, pros and cons. Um, and I think, I think if you can identify hope in somebody and maybe just help that person see what they can do. My very first job, I was out of college, hired into a hospital laboratory. All the techs were the age of my mother and grandmother. And I was hearing snide remarks about, because I was the first college-educated histotech they'd ever had. And they expected me, they thought I was going to come in and just tell them to change everything. And I'm like, no, I'm the best tech. But a pathologist came up to me and told me they wanted to start IT. So this is back in 1980. He hands me these Zacco kits. I had no idea what he was talking about. And, and I had, you know, admitting that, I don't know what you're talking about. But he just saw some spark in me. And that, my career just went running off after that, that first encounter with him and his encouragement. And I just wanted to keep spreading that spark. Find something, find hope and thought that that glimmer that somebody's got and help them develop it. So to me, I don't know, I made it fall back again on the teaching, but hearing yeah. and listening and encouraging. Before we wrap up in our chat today, is there anything else you either either one of you want to share? Oh goodness, I could go on and on. So I'm not the person to end this with. I will say right that in. as a mentor. I will say as a mentor, I think one of the most heartwarming experiences I've had was actually just a couple of years ago. I was a supervisor in the lab trying to get them all on the same page, you know, so I had to throw in some coaching skills as well as some leading and mentoring with all these people on various shifts. And one tech in particular was very against changes, but... Uh, after he moved on to, uh, uh, I think he's had two other positions since then, he called me out of the blue a few weeks ago to thank me. Now that he's been out with other labs and other personnel, he realizes that he, he learned so much by me pulling his hand along to learn some new skills and new ways of doing things. But So that was very heartwarming. Um, and just to hear that, that you've made an impact. That's such a great story. And that is, that's going to keep you fueled for a long time. How about you, Ashley? Um, I guess I would say for anyone who's looking for mentorship, I think it's important to identify somebody who does have that spirit, who doesn't cheat. Because sometimes someone could just be showing you something just because they have to. There's very few people are just like, who want to do it and want to do it well. Because I think there are some people who want to be a mentor and they don't necessarily want to do it for the right reasons. Whereas for other people who actually do want to do it because it's something that's already within them. So I think it's very important that you kind of identify that for somebody to be a mentor. Mentor, obviously, I've never done a formal route, but I think it's always nice when you already have that relationship and you can always just ask, like, would you be okay with, like, stepping into that role? 